0: You're listening to The Marne Report. Welcome to The Marne Report. I'm Sergeant First Class Jason Holt, 3rd Division Sustainment Brigade Public Affairs. I'm here to talk to you today. It's for the month of March, National Women's History Month. I've invited Lieutenant Colonel Melissa Hoagland, the battalion commander of the Division Sustainment Troops Battalion of the 3rd DSB. Uh, welcome, ma'am.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: As I said, it's it's March, so it, it is National Women's History Month, and it's the month that the Army pays tribute uh, to the contributions of the women that have built our great nation um, and our great Army. It's an opportunity to celebrate the struggles and the achievements of American women throughout history, and so that's why I've, I've selected you to join us on on the podcast today. I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and and maybe a little bit about your... Your background to include uh where you're from and where you went to school and and how you got to be here
1: yeah so joined the army in 2000 uh initially had enlisted as a signal soldier i uh, wanted to take a little bit of a break from college and make sure i could take care of my family uh, so, realized I wanted a little bit more of a voice in what I was doing, so I decided to transition from the enlisted Corps to the Officer Corps, um, to which point I flipped over and switched to an adjutant general officer, which focuses on human resources. Grew up outside of Chicago, was born in Minneapolis, or just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Most of my life has been spent at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, 14 years within the military was down there. So for schooling, I went to Campbell University for my undergraduate degree, which is right outside of Fort Bragg, uh, and then earned my master's degree in human resources at Webster University. How
0: how long were were you an enlisted service member? and What what did you say that specialty was Signal?
1: Signal, yeah. So 35 Fox, um, which is a network system switching maintainer operator. I was never able to do that in my actual job because i could balance my checkbook so the battalion Army major put me in <laughs> to the battalion s1 where i fell in love with doing human resource operations i did still get to set up the OE 254 when we went out to the field so like that was still leverage for the signal side of the house but uh inevitably cleared the path for me to to realize where my passion was and allowed me to transition to the officer side after three years uh, to do green to gold
0: so you did green to gold yes you have any advice or words of wisdom for soldiers that might be considering green to gold
1: it's a great opportunity um so green to gold allows you um and now they have even better programs than when i went through so you can stay on active duty you still keep your medical coverage uh, a lot of the times the school can be paid for you can go to almost any college within the united states so there's like roughly 257 of them that have rotc programs uh to include like the university of Minnesota, Michigan. Uh, Texas, uh, all the Big Ten schools have ROTC programs, and so those are really interesting opportunities.
0: This is uh, something that you would endorse for soldiers.
1: Absolutely, it's a great opportunity to get out there and really try something within the Army that allows you to achieve everything um, that you want and make sure you're really taking care of soldiers if that's what is in your line of uh, where you receive your job satisfaction.
0: i'd I'd like to talk a little bit about the division sustainment troops battalion because uh, both in terms of gender diversity technical diversity it is it is a battalion that is diverse in so many ways to a greater degree than what i'm used to seeing
1: the maneuver units were locked out for mos's for a lot of their mos's where uh, female soldiers were not able to fill infantry um, armor and some of those other branches uh, for many, many years. So we were lucky enough to have our MOSs open to all um, genders. So, uh, and that really has created a rich um, and diverse environment where people can thrive and uh, feel supported. We have a finance company, we have a human resource company, we have a signal company. We have a field feeding company. We have two movement control teams. Uh, And then our headquarters company is in charge of the brigade staff, the battalion staff, um, and then our maintenance section, which runs the motor pool. And so within our headquarters as well, um, because we're a sustainment brigade, we have all of the soldiers that help to manage the different classes of supply. So the ammo, the fuel, making sure we've got chow for all of our soldiers, making sure showering, Uh, systems are available and all of the things that uh, movement of of troops and that stuff to make sure that soldiers are able to get to the right place at the right time on the battlefield and with the right equipment and supplies to get after the mission.
0: Right now at this time as we speak, the DSTB has deployed a movement control team to Europe ahead of the 3rd Division's division-wide deployment to Europe, Um, and in any given time, you have either some of these small specialty units, either in in total or in teams or or small groups, also deploying to support operations around the world.
1: Correct, yeah, and we've got, um, like right now, we have some soldiers that are supporting the Navy out in the U.S. Army Pacific Command. Uh, We have soldiers that are in the CENTCOM AOR supporting postal operations and human resource operations across that entire area of operation. Uh, We have the movement control team that just went to UCOM uh, that will help to coordinate all of the uh, movement of equipment and personnel through that theater of operation. We have some soldiers down in uh, Southcom uh, supporting operations down there uh, and, and really designed to be able to push elements out in small pods um, or small sections and teams to be able to actually just go out and be independently capable of either feeding, paying, tracking of personnel, um, or even our signal company is designed to send small relay teams out to make sure across the battlefield we're able to commute and manage the fight.
0: So training an organization according to the the Army's methodology for training uh, and according to doctrine, training a unit such as this that is constantly moving and has moving pieces all over the world. That has to be challenging.
1: It is, but it's a good challenge. Uh, so for sustainers, our mission never stops. Even when we're back in garrison, uh, there are continuous missions, to whether it's anything from our wrecker support elements, having to go recover uh, vehicles from the maneuver side that have broken down and need assistance, to Um, Our field feeding teams who are running DFACs here on the installation and also up at Hunter Army Airfield. Our finances are tapped in with the AMPO um, and providing support to soldiers in processing the organization and then pushing soldiers out with SRP uh, to make sure their finances are squared away while they deploy. Our signal elements to support not just only our organization, but all of the Non-division organic units like the 14th Field Hospital and some of those other things that are on the installation that do not have those assets within their own footprint to use. So we send our people out to to make sure they can communicate when they're doing their training and exercises. So yeah, we're we're constantly tasked and still working the uh, the support across the board while we're here on installation. So it gets a little bit challenging when we're trying to to break away and go out to the field for three weeks because doing that impacts the customer service and support for a lot of the resources that are on the installation supporting the rest of the division.
0: Hmm. So there's a there's a lot of complex moving pieces that, that you're responsible for managing um, at any given time. And uh, to the gender diversity within the, the DSTB, I know that women make up about 19% of the total army force, the active uh, reserve and national guard component too. Within this organization, the DSTB, I, I, I'm speculating, but I look around and it seems to me like those percentages might even be greater than, than your more common army units.
1: This is the way it's always been for us. We are all soldiers working together towards one common goal, to get after it and make things happen. Um, so it's about building all of the team up and making sure all of us are able to get after it and do our best.
0: So in terms of building the team up, um, observances like Women's History Month, does does an observance like this have a place in building those teams and um, in, in inspiring trust? Or does the fact that knowing how we got to this point, does it matter to the, to the soldiers and the teams and what it is that that they do?
1: So I think it, it ties to the point of education, right? Um, And it's not about educating. It's not about educating the females that, hey, we're integrating across the Army. It's about everybody understanding the integration piece. So this isn't a female problem, it's not a maneuver problem, it's across the board, the Army realizing the human capital and the diversity that we have and leveraging that to make sure we're actually not only creating a place that people want to come to work, but are maximizing the human capital we have within the organization to most effectively Execute our mission and get after the the higher echelons level of requirements and mission success. So it is not something that should be considered a hindrance. Um, There are challenges when you're talking integrating on anything that hasn't been done before, especially if people are closed minded. Um, But I think it it really goes into the open-minded education across the board, so people realize, hey, these are the factors that you need to consider um, just like we do for any mission that we do mission analysis on uh, to make sure we're we're supporting everybody and creating an environment that is conducive for everybody's success
0: the army uh, relaunched the be-all-you-can-be but not as it was for decades but a reimagining of the possibilities that are that are available in the army and when you say human capital I'm thinking uh of the army's idea that it needs to be able to recruit from the widest possible pool of talent of of our nation's sons and daughters
1: so when you look at overall statistics when you're talking about the population um between males and females across the country across the world it is definitely not a Um, you know, 19% ratio being females. You're you're talking a huge, huge amount of the population um, that we have not necessarily marketed to or um, ensured, felt and realized that this type of organization, this type of profession um, is absolutely a place that they want to come, want to to work in and can be successful um, and and do just about any job there is um, out there while supporting their country, while making sure their families are taken care of with finances and benefits. And oh, by the way, a great team that you want to work with and, and get after things with on a, on a daily
0: basis. And sir, as a battalion commander, you've been in Army service now long enough to have witnessed the integration of women into combat specialties back in, in two, 2017. Um, and so I think the number is 1019 women currently serve in the active component in infantry, armor, and field artillery branches. Um, are we at a point now women truly can join the army and, and can be all that they could be?
1: So we are at a point where women can truly join the army and and be all they can be. I think we are still fighting through some education uh, processes in time, and it's it's simple things that I think across our culture as human beings are taboo and people don't want to talk about. One of the biggest things that I didn't register was as big of a problem because I have no issue speaking my mind. Uh, was I have found out more recently that we have a lot of junior soldiers um, and young personnel who are in the military. How do I make sure I am seen as fully supporting, fully invested, fully getting after it when I'm in the field or doing these different things? But I have to ask for help because I need feminine hygiene products or other types of things to make sure I can still do my job. problem is when we're out on the field like there isn't a store that's readily available to do this the other problem is I can't control my body so there is literally bodily functions that where if I'm under additional stress or things are going on my body may decide to start menstruating that isn't like I didn't control that and even if I plan for it I may not have packed all the things that I need if my body decides it wants to do its own thing um, you know, when it's wanting to do it because I'm more stressed than I normally would. So there is, I think, a certain amount of we just have to talk through things so people understand, like, the object is not I want out of things because I'm menstruating. The object is, hey, I need to deal with this portion so I'm not bleeding on my uniform and that aspect of things so I can get after it and get after the mission with the rest of um, the soldiers that are out there. but that is not something that people normally want to talk about. Um, it is something that, you know. I had some of my infantry guys that I worked with before that wanted to plug their ears and say, "La la 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 la, man, stop talking about that." Um, which I understand. It, it it wasn't something we talked about in my household growing up, um, but it is a part of nature. It's just like. Um, any other bodily function that you have to deal with when you're out in the field. So how do we make sure we're setting conditions where soldiers don't feel uncomfortable saying, hey, I need to go do this to take care of my physical body um, and still can come back and make sure they get whatever piece of the op order they missed or they have somebody that can cover down on... You know that detail for five minutes so they can take care of themselves and they're not getting the guilt trip look of why don't you just go into the wood line um to do this so i think that's probably the the biggest challenge that i'm still seeing is it's it's a factor where people don't know and understand like it's a bodily function and i got to deal with it a certain way you're welcome you don't have to um you got lucky in, in that shot when you were born um but it's not going to stop me from being the best soldier that I can be and getting into the job that I want to be able to get into.
0: Well, and judging by the combat patch on your shoulder, you've deployed in support of either OIF, OEF. Yep, Um,
1: so Afghanistan, and then I also went to Jordan as well.
0: When deployed, Mm -hmm. surely you encountered any of the sort of challenges that you just described. Did it affect the mission?
1: um, So I was close enough that I could usually get the resources that I needed. Um, So lucky in that aspect of things. But it is a certain amount of planning ahead of time, right? I've got to pack more stuff because I need more stuff. You don't have to worry about packing tampons and some of those other things that I would potentially need to have to pack. Oh, by the way, you pack it in, you pack it out, right? So as a soldier... um, having the ability to, uh, you know, carry around things that make you susceptible to the enemy picking you up uh, because you have to carry your utilized or used tampons or those types of things uh, means you have to be actually more operationally aware and strategic in your thinking because you got to bring extra baggies and other things. So that way you're, you're not giving things away. Um, So it, it really is a, Um, a logistical planning factor that you have to go through and think through. I don't think has been really brought into the airdrop package thought process of, hey, I need to drop these off because I got soldiers down there that are going through these different things.
0: I think what you're saying here, too, is units leaders just need to add these considerations into their planning.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the really interesting things we did when I was at the University of Minnesota was created a female hygiene uh, healthcare and planning factor book. There is actually um, logistical packages that units can purchase that have um, not just for female specific, but it's there. There are female, you know, maxi pads, tampons that are in there, but you've also got wipes, you've got foot powder, you've got all of the things that just soldiers need to take care of themselves hygiene wise. So it, it really is just understanding the requirements of your soldiers and making sure the resources are out there.
0: So as we were talking there, I I think we really illustrated the importance of a climate of respect and trust um, to give everybody the best possible chance to do all the things that that they wanna do, man or woman. Uh, The Army's created much more opportunity for soldiers uh, to fully achieve their goals.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's just like anything else that we do within the Army, right? It's the planning piece that you talked about. How do we set conditions where our soldiers are set up for success? So I already plan for these things. They already exist here. I don't fight because I have to create um, a lactation room. I find a room, I create it, it's there. So when my soldiers do need to utilize it, hey, they can go in, do what they need to do to take care of their body and their family and their self, And then they come back to work and they get after it, um, which is a completely different aspect than, let me fight it, let me not build it, let me not support what they're doing. Now I've created an environment where my soldiers don't have the things that they need to be successful. It's just like if I didn't have a defect or other things that are around that soldiers physically need to survive and be healthy um, and effective soldiers. Uh, So I think if we create the conditions where we think through and say, okay, who are the human beings that are these soldiers that we're working with? How do we make sure they're supported? Um, how do we create, you know, not just gender side of the house, but religious type of accommodations during different events that we're doing to make sure that we are supporting all of our soldiers and creating an environment that's conducive for them.
0: As a commander and as an officer in the army, you've found a way to overcome all of these challenges. You've found a solution?
1: I think we're still working through some of that. I think the Army is an ever-changing animal where the culture and climate that we have is consistently having to be developed and fostered um, because we constantly rotate soldiers in and out of the Army. So it's an ever-moving target to, to really get after. I think the Army values and what we are instilling in our soldiers is the key piece of it, right? So it's creating an environment where we consistently foster the good order and discipline of the organization we allow the army values to be absolutely prevalent in everything that we're doing um, and it becomes a way of life um, for what we do so I, i can't say there's a magic way to do it what i can say is the the best things that i have seen is when something offends somebody or something is not in a manner that is conducive to creating an environment that everybody feels welcome in the best thing that soldiers, leaders, anybody can do is say something. So uh, there was an analogy that said when you're you know, walking next to somebody or walking past somebody, if you're holding a cup of coffee and you spill a cup of coffee on them, you automatically say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bump into you and spill my coffee on you. But when we say something to somebody that is offensive or could hurt them, just like that spilling coffee on them could burn them, Uh, We don't automatically say we're sorry. There is a certain amount of defensiveness that some people have where, okay, when you tell me what I just said was offensive to you, how do I react to that? Do I say, hey, I want to have an open mind and I don't want to offend that person and I want the Army to be a place where everybody feels included. Let me do a gut check and change what I'm doing. Um, It's not necessarily as easy as spilling coffee or not because now you have to do a gut check on yourself or... person that you're talking to you might have to have an uncomfortable conversation with because you want to educate them on what the right answer is Um, and they may or may not want to hear what that right answer is so that that i think is where we still kind of challenge and go through it but having those discussions is absolutely the first step to making sure that we are setting conditions where everybody understands what's expected
0: well i appreciate you being willing to sit down and, and talk with us um I know you're busy and and getting ready for big field training exercise, so it can't be understated how how valuable your time is.
1: It is absolutely my pleasure um, to talk with you again. We've got so many soldiers across the formation who provide very unique skill sets and uh, opportunity that this Army is blessed to have within them. So our ability to educate, work with, and, and really get after things and make sure we're utilizing all of our soldiers is extremely important. Um, so thank you again.
0: Well, this is Sergeant First Class Jason Hole for the Morn Report. Thanks to Lieutenant Colonel Melissa Hoagland for sharing her personal experiences and insights uh, and talking with us about Women's History Month. Thank you for tuning in. Rock of the Morn.
1: Are you a civilian, spouse, or family member who is interested in working for the Army? Check out the Army Fellows Program. This two-year program allows you to experience the work environment of the Department of Defense while blending work assignments and developmental opportunities that will help you grow into an Army civilian professional with eligibility for permanent placement across the Army. For more information, visit portal.chra.army.mil.